Today is going to be an amazing day. You guys look amazing. Well, thanks for being here this morning. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that. Oh, man, I feel like I haven't spoke in forever. It's only been three weeks. I, I spoke three weeks ago. But um, last week, Pastor, Den, uh, Pastor Ben spoke, Pastor Ben Diaz, and he did an awesome job. Did you guys like that? Yeah. That was such a good word. I, I loved his word, and uh, it was definitely provoking, and I felt like it challenged me in, in how I think about finances. And, and uh, how many know God wants to challenge you? He's okay with uh, offending our religious spirits. <laughs> He's okay with that. Sometimes it happens to me, and I'm like, okay, Lord, offend my religious spirit. <laughs> and, you know, it's funny. If, if we heard that Tom Cruise got a private jet, we'd be like, wow, that's good for him. You know, he's, he's worked hard. He deserves it. But you hear about a pastor getting a private jet, and you're like, why is that man fleecing the sheep? Why is he stealing from the church? Amen. And I, I love what Pastor Ben said Last week, he said, we tend to judge people's fruit without knowing the seeds that they've sown in their life. Amen. So it's better just not to judge people, amen, (laughs) and what God's doing in their life, but leave it up to God. Amen. So I hope you enjoyed the financial series that we did. I hope that it blessed you. And uh, yeah, let's just do something real quick. Just stand up. Let's stretch out a little bit. Yeah, just give your neighbor a high five. <laughs> Say, it is good to be here in church today. Yeah, just shake, shake it off. <laughs> shake off the week. God is good. Amen? All right, you can be seated. We just, we needed to get, stretch out a little bit. Sometimes we need that. We don't want to be uh, too, too stuffy in church. I don't have any jokes today, so that's almost like I'm, I'm backsliding. I don't have any jokes for you. <laughs> so I actually want to stare, uh, share a story with you that I've actually um, never shared before. We've been doing Awaken Life Church for 11 years, and I've never, ever shared this story before. And I wanted to share it. I felt like I was supposed to share it this morning. I moved to Arizona about 30 years ago, and it was uh, around some bad circumstances. Um, my mom was married. It was her second marriage. So it wasn't my dad. But she was married to a man who was uh, abusive, and um, he had a lot of anger. And he was physically abusive as well as verbally abusive, but I would say it's mostly physical And I lived with him and that family from the time I was eight until the time I was 15. And as you can imagine, as a child going through that, I was the oldest child of three, so I picked up most of the physical abuse. And you can imagine that has an effect on you. And when I was around 15, my mom had finally had enough. And um, she, I remember we got up one morning, um, she cooked breakfast for this man, and he ate breakfast, she gave him a kiss goodbye, and then we watched him drive down the road, and she said, okay, go get your bags. And we had our bags packed, and we headed out to Phoenix, Arizona. That was 30 years ago. She knew one person in Phoenix, Arizona, barely, 
And we moved in with this lady in her apartment, and I was 15 years old. When we arrived, uh, it was in August. I remember opening up the door and getting out and thinking, oh my goodness, we moved to the sun. <laughs> and that heat wave just hits you, and you're like, what, what is happening right now? And that was 30 years ago, and it's amazing to see where I've come in 30 years and what God has done in my life. And specifically out of a situation that was a really hard situation and a bad situation. And um, from that time, I realized in the later years after that, I realized that I'd picked up a lot of anger and that I, I had a lot of anger inside me. And my wife can attest to this. She, we went to high school together. I got in lots of fights in high school. And she was witness, witness to some of those. <laughs> and... Um, I remember, I wanted to share this with you, uh, and then I, I feel like later I'm going to share something else. But I remember, Joy and I got married really young. I was 20 years old. She was 19. And I remember my early to mid-20s, one day I just woke up, and it was like the anger was gone. And I, could, I can't explain it. We weren't really, we were saved. We grew up in church, but we weren't really pursuing the Lord. But I remember waking up, one morning, and it was like, it was like an old companion had just left. It was like, I'm not angry anymore. And it was just gone. And I, don't, I can't explain it. Other than God, I believe, just decided to just remove that from me in that moment. And I want to encourage you this morning that God is working on your behalf to get you where you need to go. See, God knows your assignment. And he is working on your behalf to remove the things off your life that are keeping you from fulfilling the destiny that he has for you. I didn't do anything to deserve that. I was not pursuing getting free from anger, but I just woke up and it was like it was gone. And I've, I've not been angry since. I've been uh, so happy that my wife and I have raised five kids in a peaceful environment, free of violence, free of the things that I grew up with that were very hard to overcome for a season of my life. So I wanted to share that with you this morning. And I just want to encourage you, God is, he's working to remove those things from your life so you can fulfill your destiny. And we're going to see that in scripture here in a moment. The first scripture I want to go to today is John chapter 16. We're going to read verse 33. And this is the words of Jesus. He says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this, wor in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Amen. Now, the word trouble in different translations says this, tribulations, sufferings, persecutions, afflictions, and sorrows. So this is one of my favorite negative scriptures in the Bible. <laughs> this appears to be really negative. It doesn't say, in this world, you might have some trouble. It says, no, in this world, you will have trouble. You will have sorrows. You will have persecutions. You will have afflictions. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I love this scripture because there's an amazing pro promise attached to it. Jesus says, I have overcome the world. So what is Jesus 
saying here. Well, Jesus, that's great that you've overcome the world, but how does this impact me? This brings me to our first point today. In any situation that you're currently facing, God has already provided a way for victory. In any situation that you're up against right now, whether it's a marriage issue, a financial issue, a personal issue, God has prepared a way of victory. In fact, he's prepared multiple ways of victory for you. If you missed one, he's got more. He has prepared a way for victory for you. Why? Because Jesus has already been victorious. He said, I've already overcome. I've overcame sickness. I've overcame pain. I've overcame sorrows. If you were here last week and you heard Pastor Ben's message, he talked about Jesus becoming poor on the cross so that we might become rich. Anything that you're up against, Jesus has already been victorious in that area for you. So Jesus overcame it all on the cross, sorrows, grief, shame, humiliation, poverty, sickness. It was all finished at the cross. So anything that you're facing right now, Jesus has already overcame it. And victory is, his victory is your victory. Look at your neighbor and say, his victory victory. is your victory. Okay, let's do that one more time. But like, actually say it like you believe it. Say, his victory. It's your victory. Amen. This is true. If, if you need help in this area of just believing, like maybe you're up against something, and I, I bet you every single person in here, there's not one of us that's not facing some type of challenge in our life. And if you need help just believing that his victory is your victory, grab onto these two scriptures. Write these down. 1 John 5, 4 says, for everyone born of God is victorious and overcomes the world. Everyone who is born of God, you're included in that, is victorious and overcomes the world. Why? Because Jesus said, I've overcome the world. His victory is your victory. He paid for it on the cross. Here's another one for you. 2 Corinthians 2.14, 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, but thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. He's already made a way for victory for you. God has already provided the way for victory. Because Jesus has already been victorious. The Bible says we were crucified with him and we were resurrected with him. We get to take part in his victory because of what he did. Amen. So point number one, in any situation that you're facing, God's already provided a way for victory. Second verse I want to talk about today, Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes all things, how many things? All things things to work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. God causes all things to work together 
for our good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. How many know God doesn't cause bad things to happen in our lives? John 10.10 is, is such a great scripture for us to divide this out because unfortunately so much of the body of Christ are still pinning these evil things on God and say God is judging people. How many know that all of God's judgment was extinguished on the body of Christ? Amen? And in John 10.10, Jesus said, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Kill, steal, and destroy. We can file that in the enemy's camp. But Jesus said, but I've come to bring life and life more abundantly, or life to the full. So it's easy to see when we see things happening in the world where to place those when you believe that scripture. Amen? There, I, I love the disciples. Um, they, they encourage us because they did a lot of dumb things. <laughs> We're like, oh, they're just like us. <laughs> and there was a moment when, you know, they were feeling really powerful. They were starting to heal the sick and cast out demons. And they were, they were like, whoa, this is amazing. They came back to Jesus and like, the demons are subject to us. They just, this was like a new thing. And there had been a city that rejected Jesus. And the disciples were like, Jesus, do you want us to call down fire on this city? And Jesus rebuked him. And he said, the Son of Man did not come to destroy life. The Son of Man came to give life. What's amazing is they believed they could do it. They were feeling pretty powerful. They're like, oh, we could just call down fire in this city and just burn it up. And Jesus was like, no, no, no. Okay, stop right there. Just, just time out. You guys are in timeout. Take a timeout. So God doesn't bring bad things into our life, but he is a genius at taking those things and turning them around for blessing. In fact, I don't even think we grasp the fullness of this scripture, there, which brings us to point number two. There are blessings, favor, opportunities, and abundance that would not have come into your life had you not gone through difficult circumstances. He doesn't just turn them for good. And he's like, well, that's bad, but I'm going to make something good happen too. No, he's like, that thing that the enemy is bringing against you, I'm actually going to use it to bring more blessing in your life, opportunity, more joy into your life. He is amazing at doing this, so much so to where we go through the things and we're like, wow, how did God do that? It's so amazing how he works. So there's blessings, favor, opportunities, and abundance that would not have come into your life had you not gone through difficult things. We see this in so many places in the Bible, and it's almost like God uses the difficult things to propel us into our destiny. We see this with the Israelites at the Red Sea. They're at the Red Sea, and here comes the Egyptians who are warriors and the Israelites are not. And they know we're dead. Unless God, unless God does something, a miracle, we are dead. So we see the opposition coming. This represents, man, it looks like we're dead. This opposition is breathing down our neck. And God does a miracle, and he opens up the Red Sea. And not only do they go through on dry ground, but he also uses the enemy pushing them forward. So in a way, the enemy propelled them into the place God was taking them. And not only that, but the enemy comes in behind them, and God uses the same circumstance to wipe out the enemy. 
So there's actually no way to go back to slavery because all their slave masters just died. Man, God's really good at this stuff. <laughs> we see this with Goliath. Goliath is there to kill David. Everybody's like, oh, David's dead. I mean, literally, Saul told him, you can't do this. He's a warrior. You're not. You cannot do this. So it looks like Goliath is there to kill David, but what happens is that God used that situation to get David into the palace where he wanted him. Amen? We see this with Joseph. Joseph gets thrown into a pit. He gets sold into slavery. Then he goes to prison. And God uses all of this, and Joseph becomes second in command in Egypt, and God uses Joseph to save his entire family from a famine. And actually, he saves his family line. His family would have died in Israel and no more family line. But God used that situation to put Joseph in a position where he could save his whole family. A similar thing happens with Daniel. Daniel's thrown into a lion's den. It looks like that's, the, that's it. I mean, how many, like, I love the Bible because it gives us these crazy circumstances. Like, how many have been thrown into a lion's den recently? Anybody? <laughs> Nobody? Okay. So it's like, that's, you think of a bad situation. That's a really bad situation, right? Like, I'm going to get eaten by lions, but God closes the lion's mouth. And remember what happens? The people who accused him, they're the ones that end up getting thrown in the lion's den and torn to pieces. See how God works. You see how God works. And Daniel, like Joseph, gets put second in command in Babylon because of this situation. God will use the situations in your life that come against you to propel you through your Red Sea and into your destiny. Amen? That's really good. He's propelling me. He's so good. The Bible's filled with stories of people who thrived in hard moments and difficult times, and God uses those moments to actually get them where he wants them to be. So there's blessings, favor, and opportunity, and abundance that would not have come into your life had you not gone through difficult things. So we need to have a, a little bit of a family chat so the Lord told us when we started this church 11 years ago that what he wanted to build in, in this church could only be built on the structure of family. And we've always held that close, like, okay, as we grow, we can't lose this feeling of family. We can't turn our church into this corporate feeling. We have to keep it that this is our family, and we really wholeheartedly feel like that way, that this is our family, that all of you are a family. And so how many know families talk about, healthy families talk about challenging things, and they address things, and it's good to talk about things. And so in the beginning of 2023, uh, last year in January 1 was a Sunday, and I felt really strongly, if you were here last year, you know this, that I felt really strongly that the Lord was saying 2023 is the year to go into the promised land and tell people this is the year we're going to the promised land, both as a church and, and individually. And so I, I was preaching that all year long, and I felt it so strongly. And this building came up for rent last April, 
And the way that our church works, um, this is something that we've written into our bylaws, is we don't make any major decisions unless our board is unanimous. So if there's even one person on our board that's like, I just don't have a piece about this, we won't do it. We, we won't do it if, if there's one person that doesn't have peace. So of course, this, this building came up, and this building is, is about two and a half times the size of our previous building. And my wife and I prayed about it. We felt like the Lord was saying yes. We took it to our board. They felt overwhelmingly like the Lord was saying yes. All of our leaders were in support, and we're like, this is God. And in this building, we've been able to expand in so many ways. Um, we've been able to start, as Alicia was talking about, our K-8 through uh, school, which has been a huge, huge blessing to the parents and the students that are here. We were able to finally have a space for our, our youth. We have our own youth room here. And we started a, our daycare here, which, we, by the way, we have a daycare, if you don't know. We're just kind of getting it off the ground still, but it's actually running right now. And so many other things. We started our ministry school here. And so this place for us and in so many ways really did represent stepping into the promises of God that we've had and we've been holding on to for years, like a ministry school, a, a, a K through eight school, all, the, all these things, coffee shop. We've always wanted a coffee shop. If you know me, Pastor Daniel likes coffee. <laughs> and so this building came up and we felt like it was God and we moved into this building last July and we knew that it was going to be a, a financial leap for us when, when we moved into this building. Um, two and a half times the size of the building, two and a half times the rent. And, but one of the things is we looked at the, at the numbers. You know, Obviously, this should be a spiritual decision because God can do anything. But even when we looked at the numbers, we were like, okay, if Pastor Joy and I, if, if it got down to it, if, if numbers got tight, if Pastor Joy and I didn't take a salary, we could still like make it happen here and we'd be all right. And so that's actually where we are right now. Joy and I have actually went to the board and we asked them to stop paying us for a moment so that we can make sure that we have enough money to pay our bills over the next few months. We're actually expanding and we're actually growing. And so we wanted to kind of tell you where we're at at the moment because uh, we want to kind of squash a couple potential rumors that might pop up. So we've been doing this long enough to know that, hey, it's, it's better to just be open with family. <laughs> and so, yeah, amen. So we went to the board and we said, hey, we want to stop taking a salary just for a moment because we want to make sure that we're good over the next few months. Um, so I want to squash the first rumor that might pop up. You know, the enemy's just always trying to do something, and it's better to just squash it before it happens. So this is the first rumor that might pop up. The church is doing bad financially. Say, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Actually, 2023 was far and away the best year we've ever had in 11 years, and 2024 is trending to be even better. So the, the church is not doing bad financially. We're doing great financially, but we've just taken on a lot more bills because we're expanding, and we're doing it in faith, believing for the provision to come. Amen? Yeah. So let's squash another rumor. Pastors Daniel and Joy are doing bad financially, and we need to feel sorry for them. And we <laughs> And we need to start set a meal train up and, and try to get, give them some money. So say, ha, ha, ha. Okay, so another thing about me is I actually came from two uh, amazing, 
hardworking earner parents and very smart entrepreneurs. So I've always done businesses and I, I never saw my dad have a job in his whole life. He's always do, ha, having his own businesses. I think I saw my mom have two jobs, but other than that, she was always uh, running her own businesses and I learned a lot along the way watching them. And so I had my own recording studio from about 2000 to 2012 and that was our main income. That was our own business that we had. And about two months ago, knowing that this was probably coming, I started another business and actually have been making enough income in that business to support our family. And so we're totally fine. <laughs> we, we have no concern. God's taking care of us financially. And actually what I'm doing again, just to, to put it all out there. And so nobody's like, what, what's happening? What's he doing? I'm actually doing personal driving. I'm using Uber and Lyft. I tested it out starting two months ago to see, can I support my family doing this? And it's actually been amazing. I've always had a knack for stuff like that. It really is kind of like having your own business. And I've been doing really well, and it's, it's been awesome. I've actually really been enjoying it. And so we want to squash a couple rumors and a couple other things we want to talk about. Uh, oh, let's laugh at this lie. Here's another lie. We just did a financial series because the church is doing bad and we're trying to get people to give money. Ha, 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 ha. So it's actually not true. We planned that financial series six months ago. We knew that we wanted to start 2024 in a financial series. And we hadn't talked about finances for three years before that. And we knew that that was something that we wanted to talk about. And how many know a healthy church talks about finances? Jesus talked a whole lot about finances. In fact, he talked more on finances, talked more about finances than most other subjects when you do the research. Okay, so God has a way of bringing blessing in unusual seasons. This is what I'm learning right now. So three years ago, Chris Kildosher was here and he prophesied over me a, a weird prophecy. And he prophesied, it was kind of like off the cuff. And he goes, oh, Pastor Daniel, you're going to own a Tesla. <laughs> and I had no desire at, up to that time to, to own a Tesla. But after the prophetic word came, I started thinking about it. I'm like, huh, Teslas are pretty nice. I, I kind of like those. <laughs> and so what has happened in a, in a season where we've went to the board and we've said, hey, we, we don't want to be paid right now. And honestly, they were very reluctant. They're like, no, we, we want it. And we're like, and we had to kind of insist, like, no, we insist. We don't want to be paid right now because we want to make sure that we're good for the next few months. So in a season where we're not taking a salary, we prayed and we felt like the Lord said, buy a Tesla. And so we just bought a Tesla. And one of the reasons that we bought it was for my personal driving business because it just so happens that uh, Uber and Lyft are giving really good incentives for you to drive people around in an electric vehicle. And so we looked at like what we could make with that and we went ahead and pulled the trigger on it. Uh, we bought it used, it's a year old. Uh, we waited for the exact price that we wanted and so we, we did everything uh, with as much wisdom as we could. And so I know you remember a few weeks ago me talking about that we have no debt and we've had no debt for years. And so yes, technically now we have a debt but we're leveraging that debt to make money. So how many would pay 600 a month to make 6,000 a month? So we didn't talk a lot about that in our financial series, but it's okay to 
have debt if you're leveraging debt and the Lord's told you it's okay to make money. And so that's what we're doing right now. And honestly, our plan is once the church is able to pay us again is for me to use all the money from my business to just pay off the Tesla very quickly so that we won't owe any money on it. All right, are you guys okay? Yeah. <laughs> family chat this morning. So if you're visiting, welcome to the family. <laughs> so if you see a red Tesla out front, it's my sixth child. I, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And uh, honestly, we're, we are okay. We're not doing bad. We actually feel blessed. That's the truth. We actually feel blessed. And God has a way of bringing unusual blessings in, un- in, in strange seasons. So I want to encourage you that if you're going through a hard season, God has unusual blessings that he wants to bring into your life. Because again, he uses all the hard things, the challenging moments to bless you. Amen? Amen. Okay. So everything is okay. The church is going to be okay. The church is actually doing great financially. Pastor Daniel and Joy are doing great. And we'll just laugh at one more lie. I know nobody here actually would, would believe this lie, but... You know, here's, here's another funny lie. Somebody would see me pulling up in, her, in a nice new red Tesla and be like, why is Pastor Daniel enjoy fleecing the sheep to buy their Tesla? <laughs> <laughs> no, the truth is we're actually not taking a salary, but the business that I started is paying for the Tesla. Amen? So be happy. How many of you should be happy if your spiritual leaders are prospering? Amen? <laughs> If we are not prospering, how can we lead you guys into prospering? Amen? So we should be prospering in all things so that we can lead the church into prospering and financial prosperity. Absolutely, God wants to bless people. I loved Pastor Ben's message. If you missed it, go listen to his message. It was so good. Jesus became poor so that we might become rich. Amen? And God wants to give financial blessing to those who he can trust. Who else would he want to give financial blessing to? People who he can't trust, people who serve the devil. No, he wants to give it to his people that he can trust. Amen? Amen. Okay, which brings us to the last scripture and the last point of the day. Romans 5.5. It says, And hope does not disappoint... Because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. How many know we live in a world that says don't get your hopes up? It's the exact opposite message of what God is saying. He's saying, get your hopes up. Put your hope in me, and hoping in me will not disappoint you. Which brings us to the last point, point number three. God has designed you to live in the strength of hope. God has designed you to live in the strength of hope. Hope will bring you strength. Hopelessness, on the other hand, will drain your strength. 
It will drain your energy. It will drain your strength that God wants you to have so that you can do what he's called you to do and so you can live a joy-filled, peaceful life. God has designed you and created you for hope, not for hopelessness. Hopelessness will war against your body, your physical body. It will war against your soul, your emotions. God has called you to live in this life and this strength of hope. Hope will actually fill your body and your soul with life. How many know the greatest leaders are the ones with the most hope? The greatest leaders are the ones with the most hope. Hope is just believing what God says is true. You know, out of the estimated about 1.5 million people that came out of Egypt, the, the Israelites, how many made it into the promised land? Does anybody know? Just shout it out. Two. Two. Who are the two? Joshua and Caleb. What was different about them than everybody else? They had hope. Hope is believing what God says. They believed what God said. God said, I'm taking you in the promised land. They took God at his word. 1.5 million people were kept out of the promised land because of hopelessness. They didn't believe the report of the Lord. The 10 leaders, there, there was 12 leaders that went in. We know Joshua and Caleb were two of those that went in to spy out the land. They come back. Two guys come and they bring this report that says, we've got this, this hope-filled report. Oh, man, there's giants, but they're going to be our bread. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. We've got this. But 10 leaders came with a hopeless report. We can't do this. We're too small. We're too insignificant. We can't do this. And unfortunately, all the people embrace the hopeless report. Isn't it sometimes just easier to embrace the hopeless report? You're like, yeah, that just seems right. I'm just going to embrace this hopeless report. But we're actually called to live in the strength of hope and to embrace the hope-filled report, even when it looks counter to what the world says is wise. Amen? We're called to embrace hope, to live in this strength of hope. And if you're not living in hope, man, I challenge you to start to try to embrace what God has said over what your fears are telling you. And it will cause you to live in this place of joy and peace with the Lord. We're called to live in this hope and to know that God is taking us in to the promised land in every area of our life. Hopelessness will keep you out of your promised land. Hope is actually faith in action. Hope is saying, I believe that God really is for me and he's really working things out for my good. Hope says, in my current challenge, God has multiple paths of victory for me. So if I miss one, that's okay. He's got another off-ramp. I miss one exit, there's, there's hundreds more. He has multiple paths of victory for me in my life because he's a good dad. Amen? So if you've missed it, you know, when you missed something that you felt like, man, I really should have done that and I blew it, the enemy wants to jump in in that moment and say, see, you blew it, it's over. God has no more paths for you. It's over. 
But the truth is, God has multiple paths to victory for you. God's like, that's okay. We're going to get the next exit. You're going to be all right. How many have seen the movie, uh, The Darkest Hour? Yes. In 2017, Gary Oldman starred the movie. It's about World War II, if you haven't seen it. And specifically, it's about England's um, involvement in World War II, but more specifically, Winston Churchill's um, impact and involvement in World War II. And believe it or not, when Germany is kind of closing in, it looks like they're going to take over the world. There's a point where they're like, Germany's going to take over the world. This, this is unavoidable. And believe it or not, the people around, the leaders around Winston Churchill, they were telling him, we need to surrender. Like, we need to negotiate with Hitler. Maybe if we surrender, then um, he'll, he'll like be, go easier on us. And he keeps telling them, he's like, you can't negotiate with evil. You have to fight evil. You can't surrender to evil. You have to fight evil with everything that you have. It's a, it's a powerful movie. It's, it's a great movie. If you're a leader, watch this movie. This is it's a great lesson in leadership. He's the one that carried the most hope. That's why he was the best leader for that time. Because he said, no, we can't. There's, there's got to be a path for victory. We cannot surrender to this. We cannot give up. We have to keep pressing on. How many know if you don't believe there's a path to victory, you won't see it? You have to have hope and believe God has a path for victory for me. You can't negotiate with evil. Too many of us are negotiating with evil. That's telling us in our life, you can't do this. You can't do that. God's not going to bless you in this area. And we contemplate it, and we begin to negotiate with it. Well, maybe I can just get a little bit here and there. Don't negotiate with the enemy. Amen? Winston Churchill, one of the most impactful scenes in the movie, he goes before Parliament, and he says this. He says, if this island's history, or I'm sorry, if this island's story of ours is about to end at last, then let it end with each one of us lying, choking upon his own blood on the ground. In other words, surrender is not an option. Giving up is not an option. We'll die first. Negotiating with evil, not an option. Hopelessness, not an option. Freedom and victory is the only option. It's such a powerful movie. He starts painting a picture for them. He goes, are you ready to see a swastika? They're telling them to surrender. You need to surrender. Are you guys ready to see a swastika flag flying over our parliament? Because that's what's going to happen. He goes, I'm never going to let that happen. I'll die first. Don't let hopelessness become an option in your life. Don't let hopelessness become an option because you were born to be an overcomer. You were born to live in the strength of hope. Sometimes God says no 
because he's setting you up for an even greater yes. So in other words, he's like, if I know they really want this, but if I say yes to this, it'll keep them from the greater yes that I have for them. Sometimes God says no because he's setting you up for an even greater yes. So don't look at a roadblock and think, oh no, God's not for me, but know that he's setting you up for an even better yes. Amen? Amen. So 30 years ago, God took me out of an an abusive environment and moved me to the desert. (laughs) And I had nothing. We We had nothing, really. I left all my family and friends behind. I went from living in an extremely controlled environment, um, extreme disciplinary environment to pretty much a free-for-all. My mom worked all the time, and I pretty much had the run of the mill. I had the key to the apartment. (laughs) And it was an extreme change for me in my life. And I actually preferred the key to the apartment part than the other thing. (laughs) And two years later, I met the most wonderful and beautiful woman I'd ever met. And met her in Mesa in high school. And it's amazing to see what God's done in our life. We just celebrated 25 years of marriage in September. And we're still deeply and madly in love. And we have five amazing kids. And God has blessed our life like you wouldn't believe. We are so blessed. And I feel blessed to be standing here today and just talking to you. I feel blessed because there was a time in my life where I was so intimidated to talk in front of people that I couldn't do it. And I feel blessed. That's another thing that God has set me free from. So our life has been so blessed. And what the enemy tried to do against us, God turned around, brought me here, introduced me to my wife, and I've created this amazing blessed life with the Lord. And I'm so thankful to be here today. I'm so thankful for what God's done in my life. I'm so thankful that he really does take everything that the enemy tries to do in our life, and he turns it around for good. And he wants to do that continually in every situation in your life for the rest of your life. Would you stand this morning? Yeah, I just want to pray over you this morning. God, we thank you that you're true to your word. You are true to your word. You said hope does not disappoint. God, you have dared us to put our hope in you. You said that you take everything in our life and you use it for our good. You said that you always lead us in triumph in every area through Christ Jesus. So God, I just declare that we are going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living in every single challenge in our life. Right now, I just prophesy over you that are struggling in marriage, God has a path for victory for you. 
God has a path for victory for you. So I challenge you, start living like you believe it. Start living and acting in your marriage as if you believe that God has a path to victory. I challenge you that are struggling financially to actually step into faith and believe God has multiple paths of victory for me. Yeah, and God, I just declare victory over this place. Victory, 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 victory over every situation in this place. God, that you are bringing things into alignment. I just feel like the Lord's saying right now, I'm taking the things that are out of alignment and I'm bringing them into alignment. So just trust me. So I bless this congregation. I thank you, Lord, that we can talk about challenging things and that this is a safe place to do that in family. And I I bless this church family and I pray that their families would be blessed. God, bring us back safely next week, pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hug your neighbor and uh, have an amazing week.